Good morning, everybody. I'm Valerie. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Nancy, for asking me. Although I had the typical me, me, have you not heard what I've been saying in meetings lately? Me. Um, but you know what? You're asked, you respond. And um, I, um, my top weight has been 280. I don't know what I am right now because I'm afraid to check. I've been in an active relapse since about March 13th. Um, I'm not new to OA. Um, I, I've, I've been in and around OA for 30 plus years. I, um, looking back, I've done a lot of inventories, a lot of therapy, a lot of self-analysis. And I've just come to the conclusion that I was just came, I just came into this world an anxious girl just came into this world anxious and highly sensitive. And of course, family of origin stuff doesn't help, but we all have that. Um, And from the earliest I can remember, I felt afraid. And, um, and from the earliest memories I have, I felt body shame, even when I was a normal sized child. So I always felt fat and anxious. Um, And Food didn't become an issue until I was about seven or eight. And we had a somewhat of a, for me anyway, a traumatic move. And that's where it really, that's where I found my safety net, which was food. I absolutely needed food to calm my anxiety. Um, and we were living in anxious times. And I remember um, stealing money to go to the 7-Eleven to try and buy food. We didn't have a lot of money at that time. I distinctly remember um, so desperate for ease and comfort my my little second grader mind and we didn't have any food in the house that I found a tin of breadcrumbs and tried to mush them together in my hand to make a piece of bread so I could stuff it down my face to try and ease my stress and um I I didn't become the fat kid in class Uh, I was always the second largest kid never the biggest um but but I felt self-conscious all the time. And when it really started to really take a toll on my life was hormones and, you know, high school and loneliness and anxiety. And um, I spent my high school years depressed. Back then, you know, we didn't have the knowledge we have now of mental health. And I would... I worked and I would have my money and I'd go down to the circle K and I would do the whole thing where I'd make up a story. I'm 16 years old, right? I'm making up a story as I lay out the conveyor belt of all this binge food, some kind of rocking party I'm about to have because that circle K person was surely going to know I was overeating. Couldn't have that. I mean, my gosh. Um, I went to treatment in high school. Um, that didn't have lasting effects. Um, and when I was 17, my sister 12-stepped me into OA. And the first meeting was terrible, which is why I try to remember that you never know when the seed is going to land for somebody because it was, I mean, looking back, I can't believe I came back. But my sister had recovery, and so I wanted what she had. Um, and I don't have time to go through all the years, but in the in the years that I've been in OA, in the early years... I very much took like scripture, everything happens and nothing happens in God's world by mistake. I took that, I lived that, I breathed that. Um, and then life happened. And in my 20s, I late 20s, 
and I was in OA, active in OA, sponsoring in OA, servicing in OA, had weight loss recovery, had all that kind of stuff. And then in, in my late 20s, I had, we'll just call it a, a breakdown. And I was in such anguish, and I couldn't believe that my higher power, who I had been trusting all those years, because remember, nothing happens in gospel by mistake, would let me suffer so much. Um, I was absolutely anguished and um, couldn't function and all of that. And that's when I really left OA. It's definitely in my head I checked out. I just thought, F you, higher power, I trusted you, and you're letting me, you're letting me feel this pain you're just I just felt very victimized by it and I I went out what I call the wilderness where I left OA for many years in that time I got up to 280 pounds because I didn't have any other I didn't have a higher power I could rely on in my mind so I've always found what I felt was safety in food I feel safe overeating and I feel safe when I was overweight, protected from the world, protected from sexual advances, protected from feelings. Um, and I tried half-heartedly a couple times to go back to OA, but I was just so bitter at my higher power. So of course I had surgery. <laughs> I had a gastric bypass about 15 years ago. And I remember the nurse saying to me, you know, we don't operate on your brain, right? And uh, boy, was she right. Um, because within, within a year of that, I had switched to alcohol and, and, and ended up needing AA because I'm, because I am compulsive. I'm, I desperately don't want to feel my feelings. I want oblivion. I want out of this crazy head. So food was fine. Huge weight loss. Become an out, became an alky. Of course. How many, I, I've heard that story a gazillion times, if not alcohol, something else. Um, but luckily I knew about that program, went into that program, still wouldn't go to OA. Um, I didn't need it now because I had weight loss, right? And I had a program. And so I went on my merry way and my weight just fluctuated kind of just depending how depressed I was. Um, I make it sound like it wasn't that big a deal, but I just, I'm aware of the time. Um, and, uh, and there's a part of me that just feels safe when I'm overweight um, and, and yet it hurts so much to be in the food. It hurts so much to be in the food and what I've noticed. And, um, so basically, um, I went out after 13 years of sobriety, came back into AA and the food picked up almost immediately. So I think there's a pattern here of trying to find a solution other than a higher power to try and make myself feel okay. That has been the crux for me of my disease, that the addict in me thinks that is the better solution, despite the weight gain, despite the cost, despite the shame, despite the unmanageability of my life, and the craziness of my life, my head will tell me oblivion through eating that is a better choice. And so, um, and I had some, I, I lost weight last year. I wasn't in a way, but I was, had, had an abstinence. I felt quite at peace. I was getting a lot of attention, which made me a little bit uncomfortable, not inappropriate attention, just attention. Um, and it was like the first week of the shut-in or the stayed home. And I just flipped the switch and said, F it. And started eating, ordering like Uber Eats three times a day. And that's been about five months of just back in the food. And funnily enough, I returned to OA, and I and I really need OA. And what I wanted to share today is 
um, in my meltdowns in the last few months, when it really is bad and I, and I, and I really talk to my sponsor, or I talk to somebody about it. It comes down for me, at least I think to lack of trust. And I just don't trust my higher power because I had that one breakdown. I've had two others in my adult life where I was rendered almost incapable of functioning. And so Although my head understands higher power is larger than that, higher power, pick your own higher power, da 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 da, da my gut says it, it's not safe. And so therefore, I'm kind of at step two, um, and I found this in the 12 and 12, A-O-A-12 and 12, it's the, towards the end, and it talks about the different ways we've tried to find higher power. Um, whatever the case, after years of making vows and saying prayers, but then eating compulsively again, we were left without faith that God could restore us to sanity about food. We believed intellectually that God could do anything, but deep in our hearts, we knew God couldn't help us with this area of lives. It was this negative concept about God we had to change if we were to find recovery. How could we do this? We became willing to start fresh with a higher power. Our heartfelt concept of God wasn't working, so we became willing for it to be changed. Just like atheists or agnostics, we could begin to do this by asking ourselves what exactly we needed and wanted God to be to us and to do for us. Then we acted as if God were really exactly what we wanted and needed our higher power to be. We became willing to let go of any concept that God, about God that wasn't helping us to recover from compulsive eating. We had to replace our old ideas about God with a faith that works. This was both humbling and frightening for us, but once we became willing to do it, surprising things began to happen. I've made my laundry list a million times about my higher power. I have done that exercise so many times in this program, and yet I don't choose that. I, I will keep choosing the food. So where I'm at today with this is uh, I'm looking back on those times where I went out into the wilderness where my faith was broken and asking my higher power, who I believe in, but there's that core belief that is injured still, but I pray to my higher power to help me see all the ways my higher power was there for me in that darkness. All the angels and people that were brought forward, all the help I had, all the abundance and safety I had. I'm willing now to retell that story, this lifelong story of being abandoned by my higher power, which is not working for me anymore. I'm on the up on my scale and it's just going to keep going. If I am not willing to turn my will my life over to a higher power and to do that i need to i need to come to understand that a power grave myself can restore me to sanity and not only will help me with the food but will help me with what's underneath the food that's for me that's the crux of it how can i feel safe within my higher powers space so that that is a better option for me than reaching for the fritos you know and um, so that's kind of where I am today is, uh, I'm not writing the laundry list or the, sorry, not the, the wish list, laundry list, the wish list anymore, because I know there's a loving higher power. I see it in you. I see it in the power of the, of the groups, but it's about reframing the story I've been telling myself for 48 years, that it's not safe to not eat, that it's not safe in this world. And, um, so I don't know if we choose topics here, but. I feel like I've kind of come to the end of my share. Um, uh, well, let me just say the actions I'm taking as I'm going to a lot of meetings. I have a sponsor. Um, I'm working through the workbook. 
I'm reaching out and I'm trying to, I am balancing that fine line between I don't want to be fat and happy and make it sound like it's okay to be in relapse, but I also want to really love myself where I am and just honor the fact this is my path. I don't have to like it, but it's clear it's where I am. So why beat myself up over it? So I'm, I'm practicing balancing that line. And it's a lot more loving to just be like, it's not what I would choose, but it's where I am. And I don't know how my story could help somebody else. And I have a dear friend who's had abstinence from day one, and I don't relate to that at all. And if that's all that there were in the meetings, there would be no place for me. So if there is a topic, I'm interested in step two for you um, and how you've come, to, sorry, it's my dog, how you've come to believe in a power that can restore you to sanity. Thanks for listening with that. I'll pass.